0: welcome back to the virtually agile podcast where we level up your agile game with conversations from top thought leaders and emerging voices i'm your host chris stone aka the virtual agile coach in today's episode i'm joined by an agile games guru we discuss the concept of the agile organization and we have a go at creating a new agile game using three random objects so get ready to press start lean back and join us for the discussion don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss a battle game on. You are back once more on the Virtually Agile podcast. I'm your host, Chris Stone, the Virtual Agile Coach. And today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics and surprisingly, folks, it isn't retrospectives. It's time for some agile games. And who better to chat agile games with than the co-founder of Play 14 himself. It's great to be welcoming Pierre Nice to the show. How are things, Pierre?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. And how are you
0: doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm disappointed you aren't wearing the hat that you put on at the beginning of the show, but that's okay. Won't hold you to that. Okay.
1: okay. This is to look stupid, like you
0: are. No, you look but great. The, you look great.
1: Wearing my padding and Paddington, because it has been made by my sister.
0: Love that. So okay. For anyone watching you. on YouTube, we are wearing silly hats, and this wasn't my idea. I was just wearing a baseball cap at the beginning of the show, and Pierre went up and grabbed a random one, and I loved that energy, so we're now both wearing hats. Now. Pierre, for anyone who isn't familiar with you, what's your story? What are you about?
1: Uh, we don't have enough time. To <laughs> uh, make very short, uh, I'm officially an enterprise agile coach. It means I make agile transformation or maybe reviewing agile transformations, fixing what it doesn't work. And it's not only about IT, it's the whole companies. design agile for everyone. This is for the short story. Before agile, I was on the lead case and I was the fourth manager. I did a lot of things. <coughs> and indeed I'm a researcher on agile physician and on s- systems dynamics.
0: Quite the Here's a link. Quite the range of things there. And you, you touched on the agile organization there. Tell us more what's that about like? yeah um
1: it's 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 a long run. starting first when I was I didn't think for the Archer we, we there was a couple of research documents from McKinsey about how a system organization looks like and mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, the lean has been corrupted by the Six Sigma part and then we, we, you want, when you want to, to companies they say oh I'm a lead coach you say no, 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 go, go away just about cost cutting and uh, people firing this is not what we are looking for. So say, or say hey, I'm also doing agile. <laughs> and and here was it was the, this kind of resonance about the, the people part, and uh, really believing. So I'm not only I'm a questionnaire, but I'm right uh, walking the talk. So in a way, is organization first step is there is a difference between structure and organization. In the company, which I'm an employee also, I'm a senior manager going to be an associate director. That's in the structure. So my goal is to become senior vice president whatever, or maybe the I'm way too old and getting retired before. That's my really. that's in structure. It's about my my work, my evolution, my career, uh, from let's say evolution, tradition, business or evolution, but that brings any value um, uh, for the company at all. So we have what brings a value for the company are all the projects, the customer related projects you're delivering. And this, so we have one part you have the structure, my role in the system. And the second part is my role in a project to create, which is creating value. And that project, what we call like an agile team, whatever, is where you're working for a customer or to create something for the customer that you can monetize and you can make maybe charging for the customer to get paid. So there's a big difference between one side of the structure, second part the organization. The organization is measured about what we call a sociogram. An organization is measured about what we call an organogram that's it so uh, now i was thinking how does it possible how does it work so what are the sense making easy stuff sense making easy stuff means uh very very little rules simple rules easily understandable by everyone on the whole planet i can't tell for martians but i can tell it has to be understood by the whole planet So, I just, since the last 50 years I test it if it's true or not. So it more so it's about what are the commonalities we can build on top to create some kind of some kind of dynamic. We can call it agile. Some people call it an agile behavior, some people are calling it the mindset. I don't believe in the mindset because you're British, I'm a bastard, French, German, and Switzerland, so my mindset is completely different. And also a mid-age white male, so close to the devil. So even though I have this very weird mindset too, so it doesn't link to us. So, but what is important for us is how we are interacting together. Yes. We're speaking for brain to brain. So I don't care if I have a hat or not. I know you, Chris, how you are as a human being—a funny one, but a smart one, a clever one. And it is just the most important. That dynamic is what I call agile. So I want to build companies, helping companies to build organization that having this kind of dynamic when after a while you can't see the ages, maybe I'm shocked after one year say oh that appear I believe that you're the same age that my dad they say oh fuck that's my that's me getting really old and, and you don't even see the genders you don't even see this is just it is like it is is we are working together and we're having good times together to do things that matters for us.
0: That's a summary. All right, so lots, lots to unpack there. It's uh, an interesting one. How you've got the the structure, as you said, you to the structure, the hierarchy that we commonly are aware of. You go from junior to senior to director, and most companies have to have that level of structure from a, a human resources standpoint, from a motivational standpoint. I need to know that I'm heading in a certain direction. If I'm going to work really hard, I need to know I've got prospects, I can, I can grow. Uh, but equally, the, the agile world doesn't tend to work in that dynamic. We, we focus on autonomy and, and, and not uh, being line managers of, of, you know, scrum masters aren't line managers to a team and so on and so forth. And agile coaches aren't line managers to scrum masters. Not, uh, not by the book anyway. I know it happens in practice. There's an interesting dynamic there, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, but uh, we should not lie to each ourselves. It's not the simple one. So I I knew some startups in Belgium only the Netherlands and say, we don't care about the names. Fine, good. Or you have this case from Semco in Brazil, they say, oh, we remove all the titles, it's working well. Yeah, but who did? Usually it's the boss, right? Who did? And they say, what about the employees? I say, I would love to be your senior manager or I would love to be this. I made this mistake over 10 years ago when I gave a conference in Morocco. And say, hey guys, oh, now we are on Scrum and blah, blah, blah. blah. And they say, how does it work? See, say, oh, we don't need any longer managers in Scrum, now we are on Agile, And I lost everyone. <laughs> then I ask, oh, I'm sorry, well, what happened? I say, you know, uh, we worked hard for family to be, have a title to be something that makes the, the pride of a family, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're from a village, and maybe I'm the only one from a family who has a very good job. And, and if i say i'm a doctor or I'm a
0: manager that's my everyone is proud right yeah, it's a it's, a re- it's, it's uh, something you you go for I mean, like that you want to feel proud of and that your family and and the people around you are proud of they talk about oh, my son the doctor there's a there's a huge power to it it is
1: it is absolutely and that's also something you have not to neglect you can say oh we know we're more agile blah, blah, blah. This is like the joke from Chepa Noah about colonization of India. We discover land. Oh, let's call it Welcome to Great Britain. and say, who are you? I'm an Indian. Oh, we discover Indians. He explained that uh, this is colonization style. And we're all having it. It's not condemning. It's something we had and we have to honor. Maybe not my generation. Maybe the next one. So, but these ideals is, is a goal, it doesn't mean you can reach it on one shot. Mm. But you have to accept the language. Uh, uh, if, my, my, if my family is asking me what I'm doing, I've I, I never seen an adjunct, I have no clue about it. I'm my grandma, I say, what are you doing? You say, I'm helping organizations to do better, to be more performing, and uh, in global alignment, because how to set up the things. You say Pierre I have no clue what you're talking about I it are you happy are you making
0: money that's fine thank you that's enough for me I tend to just like, stick with it's, hey, it's, I, help, it's, I help companies continuously improve because if I say my real title as you say like they know, won't know what that means a friend of mine a few years ago used to try and joke with me because my title at the time was release train engineer and he used to say oh, how many how many trains have you released this week Chris and it's just—it's a, it's a title that makes no sense to anyone outside of the the IT or the the software or the the agile world. And therefore, just just keep it simple. I help companies improve. And the important thing is, am I enjoying that? And is it is it helping me live a life that I'm looking to live?
1: You a look up another
0: title: change manager. Change manager.
1: So change manager. You're thinking about oh, you're leading change. Not true. If you're infrastructure, mm. change there's a release train manager <laughs> and we are using words and when i started to be an coach and people were customers, oh you're an coach. and what's your job and say oh i'm a i'm a consultant i'm a project manager it was an easy way to, to tell things because you don't need to calm the huge debates um i'm helping companies usually they're doing safe or something else they say, oh, you're an expert in safe, they say to them. I say, yes, of course. What do you want to try to solve? When I am working with agile community, they say safe is budget. And I, say, I believe safe is bullshit. But when a customer is asking me, uh, advise about safe, they say, what do we try to solve? Say, oh, American company, we want to have alignment all, uh, all around the world, we have to they have to adopt the safe way. Say, Can you help us? I say, I can't do this. Because it won't work. <laughs> we tried it, it. never worked. We tried it a couple of times. It never worked. And you will lose a lot of money. And so instead, start to think about how the people are working and make the best of it. And align people. And then, or oh, another company They want to have safe. It's okay. What's your problem? You have an alignment problem. Because it's a private banking and the world is turning very fast around. They're feeling unsafe. we way, way too... Um, in a, not robust... Is more in stone, too stiff, not able to uh, respond to the changing evolution of the markets. This is what we want to have. Or another company, we want to be agile for what reason? Because you want to sell the company. We say, okay, let's make a, a lovely, happy bride.
0: <laughs> there are, I believe, only three certainties in life, Pierre death, taxes, and people complaining about safe. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a, a safe advocate, nor someone who complains about it heavily. I believe it's an option at companies' disposal. It's a very well-marketed option that lots of companies have adopted. It could be seen as a bit of a minimum viable transfer from maybe the, the traditional ways of working of past that seems a little bit less resistant-esque and too not hu- not too huge of a change. But I do believe it has has its promises in certain ways.
1: You know, you know what, uh, uh, what I'm seeing SAFE is like uh, when my youngest daughter was four years ago making this crappy picture. Oh, daddy, have you seen these pictures? Oh, yes, it's lovely.
0: It's amazing. I'll put it, it on is. my fridge.
1: It's crap. So uh, SAFE is crap. It has been sold by people who have no clue about agile. So it pisses people off. The problem is the side effect. I have no problem. We have tons of methodologies. I create a couple of them. You can say my methodology is crap, I'm, I'm okay. That's not a big problem. The problem is <laughs> now we're getting to the customer and they tell, they're telling you, you have to be this, this, this. I say, uh, sorry, I say I have to be nothing. Uh, you're not going to the doctor and telling the doctor what to do. I want to first take a look and then ask him what you want to do, what you want to achieve. Let's do it together. So it's, if you start to apply methodology, if you know a methodology, Saving a way of working, you're wrong. Even if you apply Scrum as a let's say a process, you're wrong. Even if you uh, use XP Extreme Program as a process, you're wrong uh, because it's about thinking. It's yeah.
0: Yeah, my my, my, so, my personal stance is that I will look to understand the outcome or problem trying to be solved by the company first. Then I will look to understand how their current ways of working, be they waterfall, agile, safe, lean, XP or otherwise, how are those current ways of working supporting you achieving those outcomes? And then thirdly, what evidence do you have and how are you continuously improving those ways of working? And everything beyond that is just an experiment of finding what works for them. And to be honest, I don't care, Pierre, if it's a a mixture of frameworks, a bit from this, a bit from that, a bride, polished up in certain ways as long as it works for them and their people and their culture and their situation that's all that matters to me
1: that's that's the main problem because i still have in my head a, a voice from a former team member from one of our teams we have a chat at the desk at the past 6 p.m you see oh pierre i'm working on this shitty processes improvement in the shitty system i've fixed the bugs in the data and now I always have one zillion people working on my data, and breaking down everything, and you shitty agile, I say, oh, that's good. It's, if you understand that the work with our colleagues, the people we are working with, are already very complicated, and you come and add more complication about them, you have to follow the methodology, you're just wrong. It's, when when you set up, even, let's, say, let's talk just about the Scrum, say, oh, we want to initiate Scrum, or we want teams, fine, I say, okay, this is the goal. Do you want to give trainings? No, I want to start. And you start and you say, how are you are working? What is going well? What is, you stop as a retrospective. Say, then you say, okay, well, can we improve uh, have any good ideas? Then maybe you make a workshop. a brainstorm workshop in teams. Then you say, okay, let's just do dailies. Let's see what happens. Hmm? Then you add more. At the end of the year, I gave a training, I called it a check box training, checking the boxes, say, oh, this is what we're doing, this is what you are doing, yeah. now you're certified SPAM. Because it made sense for them. It's not about applying methodology. and yeah. understand the practices that came out. We know the old range, we can roll out. I can come, we could train during 20 days, then the following 90 days to set up all the teams, supporting. 11 checkbox down complete and move away you spend a lot of money uh, and then you have this kind of cake is melting down (laughs) over time then you come come you come back six months later it's like nothing happened and this is that's why we have coaches and not trainers because we're educators Mm -hmm. we're all enhance we are be there and we're using the game or say I love to say gamification it's a game. We always say that before, a long time ago. We are playing the game of Archer. We are playing the game of Scrum, meaning not taking that so seriously and having fun.
0: Is. There's so much to be said about not taking things seriously. My personal mission is to help people continuously improve every day and have fun in the process. And this is why I love games. It's why I love the idea that agile is a game, that whatever approach you're trying is a game, that work is a game, let's make it playful, let's make it fun. And it's a beautiful segue into Play 14, Pierre. So tell us about Play 14. You are the co-founder of it. What is it and what inspired you to create it? Uh, what inspired? Uh,
1: my best inspiration, I was pissed off.
0: <laughs> so it sort of began with anger.
1: <laughs> that, that's the beginning. Uh, Ten years ago, I was pissed off. And I had a colleague of mine, Jan, who say, oh, I want to go to that conference. And say, okay, if it works well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. But that's what you said to this conference. And you, they open a conference and after a second it was booked. You see, what hours pissed. Then you booked, and then you have to send a video of yourself. You Saying, what is it? Then Jan called me. He said, Pierre, I guess you're right. Pierre, I guess it's the time to make your conference. I said, No, no, I want to make a conference with you guys and with you. And this sound because we're well, really big, really, really, okay, this is something not working. or well, not working for me, at least for me. Let's try and out a new idea. Uh, it's composed about conferences that are already existing. It's instead of having a one conference, then you have to come in that corner of the earth every year. See, so let's go straight to the people. Let's make small conferences, a non-profit, and that you're meeting people with a lot of ideas, and not only for other people, because I want to have new blood. Mm-hmm people differently and that was the then we uh, uh onboarded uh, another colleague uh, cedric and we started this is in one two weeks time and then we started doing things and now we had manila we had uh, sydney yeah. <coughs> uh, now I have Zur- i'm planning zurich uh the next on uh, Thursday i will be in bologna You munich everywhere it mostly uh, all the fees you're paying is for yourself it's for the location, it's for the food, it's for the catering, it's for the, the stationary, everything. And it's an open-space-based based open space based organization model, which is by nature, in my mind, uh, an agile organization model. So if you want to leave a very much, a very good uh, agile experiment, go there.
0: Just for any listeners that have not participated in a conference in person versus an unconference or an open space conference, the difference is that at a traditional conference, you will go, there will be a clear agenda, a speaker will be on a certain time slot and you go and listen to that speaker. And then there might be uh, breaks punctuated for networking and otherwise, with an open space or a more of a free format, an unconference style, what tends to happen is the participants all arrive together and then they collectively co-create the agenda together. They might suggest, I would love to run a session on this topic or I wanna run an agile game on this topic. And then anyone who wants to come along and take part in or help facilitate or otherwise can do so. The kind of, the law of uh, law of two feet applies, right? Where You can go where you wish to go and, and whatever happens in that space happens in that space. That's perfectly okay
1: yeah and and, and we are tricked it a little bit to ensure that you will have a positive outcome, so we're starting the evening before mm-hmm. we start socializing. and social events, event is about two and three hours. we're just doing two three hours only icebreakers and ideally, very stupid one because you have to have a laughter yeah you have to to say, oh that's a safe place, I can't tell even my stupid. Dad jokes right or i can i can uh, i find people have fun buddies and then like in asterix and obelix if you know it ends with a big dinner altogether and the same tables usually in the same location and this is how we start and then we explain the role of the open space and then the organization is asking who wants to facilitate tomorrow's open space so we are handing over the whole organization to the attendees and the next day they will start over. And this is two days, then the day after again. Okay, we make a debrief, for what you learned. Did you like it? Yes, no. And, and, and then we make a second round, second second day, again, with maybe other people. And then at the ending we are taking over. Thanks for coming, blah blah blah, takeaways or no takeaways. And usually you have people we are have in Zurich we have I have a friend, Scott He he's coming from Cincinnati and um, he will organize it in the U.S. So if you want to organize one, you have to attend once. So he will be come just for this. Um, he, he stated, and He bought his tickets, he will be coming there, yeah. And we are speaking different languages, and even the language doesn't matter.
0: So back to your statement then, that this style of doing uh, a, a conference, whatever you want to call it, this style, this open space format feels more agile to you. I agree with that, because if you think back to how Agile works in organizations, we aspire for autonomy, we say, we create the time box, we, we ensure the time box is clear, we ensure there's a clear goal, and then we try to hand over the autonomy to the team to decide what it is they're working on and how they're going to deliver to that. And the same with this and this conference style, this Play 14, you're saying, right, the time box is here, we're handing it to you, you decide, you co-create how what, you, what you're going to focus on, and uh, yeah, let's just enjoy it. And we pushed the button
1: far, more far, um, because at the beginning we had a centralized organization. It's a non-profit organization just in Luxembourg, because it was the place we used to live there. And, um, and we we managed the things for most of the conferences. So insurance, uh, cars, uh, T-shirts, you know, blah, blah, and some sponsoring. And after a while, the only, only one that approved is was the only one living, like, still living in Luxembourg. He said, Hey guys, I have way too much work. He said, What can you do? He said, Okay, let's, let's gather in the EU and let's go to the restaurant. And they talk. He said, What should we do? Uh, controlling or nothing? He Do less. Do less. Do less. Let them decide. Let the country decide. <coughs> and he said, We just keeping the minimum set. He so Keep the brand, drink the t shirts. Share. Get a mentor uh, if you want to start. Get a mentor. If you have a stack. channel you find a mentor. And and don't be don't be an asshole. And uh, just be a decent human kind. That's it. That's super super simple rules. If will are keeping these rules, and from the co-founders or all the CEOs, we did CEO of nothing. <laughs> but uh, this is how it works. Now we have what 40, 50 events in a year um and that's people are free
0: to manage how they want amazing now one of my favorite quotes pierre is i believe it's written benjamin franklin It's tell me and i forget teach me and i may remember involve me and i learn and i know it's one that resonates with with playful team it's basically how i deliver any training or workshop or talk, I bear that in mind before I do so because I want to involve people in the process. It's why when I deliver a talk on site, I don't talk at people. I regularly interact with the crowd. I get them involved in the process. So with that in mind, this 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 whole quote, why do you believe agile games are so powerful? <sighs>
1: Um, Archer Games are not powerful, per se, okay. because I had a session with other Games. It was to be really awful. and <laughs> I learned nothing. It was just, a, for me, a waste of my time. I was standing respectfully there because if I'm la- living earlier, it will be more uh, problematic. No, it's, um, it's a tool for facilitation. If you get the ideas of facilitation, you can use any kind of games to get the job done. And 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 we had we had issues uh, in Britain uh, where we start doing this and we invited somebody who was very famous. Uh, and um, that person was confused about the high level of energy. So, oh, this is way too crazy for me. The first time, right? So uh, that person was sitting in the corner and said, oh, everyone there talking with uh, with him and I say what's happening? I say, oh that's way too much for me. I don't get your prank with the, the games, I don't this is ah, I don't get it. I say, okay, then I have a conversation, think about it. it's maybe not a game, because you can do it for fun. Okay, you will have parts for fun. Usually we do icebreakers for fun. But the rest is not icebreakers. The rest is deep diving into something, a topic, it's a simulation, it's an exercise. Then that person thought about it came back the next day and now I get it. Yeah, because it's not, it's an exercise. All my trainings, they all have an exercise. It's usually a game or a combination of games. Because I do, I do design games, which are a combination of games. I run a leadership, workshop with people from a hotel, asking just things. They have 17 games in a row. That story of the games brought them to think. It's about the thought process. So you have one step is one game to learn uh, behavior, one game to learn how to see, visualize your uh, workflow, right, or your value stream flow. Another game, how to improve your value flow, Uh, how to work as a team in teams, how to make... This, then people that don't remember, don't have the feeling of playing but uh, having this kind of fear removed no, I, I'm, I'm free to 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 do things here and that's cool and, and it's not focused and usually people' around the world, oh can you in the training can you be very specific in our area of work you see then I did it, and it was wrong because you will have what fifty guys and maybe from the 55 from this area of work and all the others, I 'm not from this area. Term. It's not my business, right? And then you say, oh, now it's about um, drawing um, a brochure for uh, uh, Martian tourists coming visiting Australia. It's about funny stories. And in that funny stories, you have a lesson to learn. i give you here. Big workshop, ACP headquarters, 150 people. And you start to draw how to make toasts, a very known game from Tom Brugge. And and then what's happening is important is the debriefing. What are you doing with this game? Then the next day and the whole week, they design all the business processes based on how to draw or toast my business process. Because they find it a way which is more soft, smooth, interesting, collaborative to co create the solution together and removing from their traditional way of working.
0: If I like can recap back what you, you shared there, that it's not the game itself that's powerful, but it's the, the learning that it unlocks. It's the, the 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 creative freedom that it provides that ultimately is then anchored back to their context and what they can do with that information in their world, in their own work.
1: Absolutely, that's absolutely correct. And uh, when you go now deeply on, on the less the learning part, if you see if uh, you know. You go and people say, "Oh, just go on Udemy or something like this." (sighs) Then you have this kind of training. You say, "I don't want to go there. I'm I'm learning nothing, right?" Uh, Just give me a link on the YouTube channel. I'll watch five minutes. That's large enough. I'm losing my time. Then you think about what, uh, which, which training were the best for you? I was uh, trainings like lab activities in university research group, right? This is you go deeply. So say, the training, usually at one hour, one topic per hour. Then you start your tu- you start your start hour, this is the topic you want to initiate today, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then I say, and I have an exercise, which is usually a game. And that's, because in agile, that game is made for failures. And you start laughing for failures So make an iteration. Then you say, oh, what should you do? And then you ask questions, like, or you, do you want to continue this way because you have no results? Say, ah, what's happening? Okay, how do we want to solve it? I don't know. Okay, see you in fifty minutes. Up to you. And they have to organize organize themselves. At the end, everyone wins. It then what's then comes the important part, the debriefing. What have you learned? And say, I learned this, this, this. Oh, that's okay. And you say, Have you seen this? Have you seen that? And that's all is called the ha. And then you have one,
0: two slides about the theoretical, and then you jump in the next one. I tend to, when I run an agile game, I tend to do so using the, the four C's from the training back of the room. So I begin with kind of, uh, let's let's connect them to the subject matter. We will contextualize why it's important. We'll, we'll do some concrete practice, i.e. the game. And at the end, the debrief comes in the form of conclusions. And that comes in like, well, what does this mean in the context of what we're working on now? And how can we bring that learning back to what we're doing? How can it make a difference for us? So that's how i tend to debrief it and one of the uh interesting slight hacks or language tweaks i heard you say when we were discussing that was rebadging an agile game as a simulation or an exercise Mm -hmm. because there are some people who do hear agile game and think oh well this is work why are we playing games i'm not here to do that and they're a bit resistant Mm -hmm. to it and sometimes just calling it a simulation just just just, a language change Still doing the exact same thing, but calling it a simulation, a work simulation, whatever you want to call that, can help ease that uh, resistance. Absolutely.
1: Think about uh, 100 people with suits and ties coming Monday morning from the traffic jam, stress, and uh, this kind of stupid guy making games, and I'm not losing my time with you. No, 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 no. Just, you then you have to be a little bit uh, pushy, mom here. Oh, remove your time. make yourself easy, come on. Let's, let's count to thirty-three. Are well, you good in math? Then they're feeling. We are all laughing. After ten minutes, they're all, all laughing. And then you jump into the, the second. That's the icebreaker, and then you jump into something else. It's about create a sense of belonging very rapidly mm-hmm. through that game. Uh, you that game is very neutral. It's, it's kind of really it's a safety uh, the, this a safe to feel container. These uh, we are just improving the game. We're not talking about your job. We're not talking about your situation. It's not finger-pointing. And because in theater, you, you, you make yourself sure that everyone has to fail. You don't have the geek in the best in class. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You have a feeling like, oh, shit, we're doing this. And you can play. And then you have to let them go. Because you have some great facilitators that are just talking all the time. And the thing is, you make an icebreaker, you make a show, you open the doors, and you let them in, and you come back
0: later. Excellent. Now, some of you folks may be unaware that I used to host a meetup called the Agile Caves, the Agile Arcade, which was inspired by Play 14. It was something that, obviously, Pierre, you know a lot about. In the Agile Arcade, what we would do is we would meet and I'd be the games master, and I'd allow the audience to spend their metaphorical coins if they were walking into a real arcade, choosing which games they wanted to play from a selection, and then we'd we'd play games with the time box we had available. So I'm a big fan of Agile games. I I probably should launch one of those meetups again sometime with uh, the virtual Agile meetup. And perhaps I should invite you along as a a co-host, perhaps sometime. Yeah, if you're free. Keen to understand, though, from you, is what is your favorite Agile game, and why? Um,
1: the one I created, one of the, of the games I created, because it's called the Agile Animal Farm.
0: The Agile Animal Farm. I think I've heard of that. Tell me more.
1: Yeah, it's about behaviors. So we have the animal farms like George Orwell's novel, and you have the pigs, which are the doers, then you have the rat, the, you have the rats foxes, bulls, chicken, just giving eggs and even sometimes rotten eggs or broken eggs. So you have different behaviors and you really understand that agile, what we call agile is uh, being proactive, being pigs, right? And that's the favorite one. And, uh, and that's was also the initial idea of making the AO model because I wanted to, people asking me to give a keynote in Montreal, say, oh, I want, do you have a title for keynote How to make a pig pan? no you can't say that (laughs) okay i will do it more seriously so then i create this in fact it's all about how i can keep this behavior this peak proactive behavior of funny you want to do it not because you're forced because you want right and uh, and in that in the whole company worldwide, that's the challenge or like jane mcgonigal saying i don't understand why people can't be focused more than 42 minutes at work and over three hours when they play World of Warcraft. Let's keep that dynamic.
0: Interesting, and I, uh, someone recently diagnosed with ADHD that very much resonates because I can focus a lot on a video game, which is constantly changing and constantly challenging, constantly varied. Whereas sitting at a desk working on a topic that doesn't interest me as much, doesn't captivate my interest as much, where I don't get the same hits of dopamine is it's much harder.
1: Yeah, no, no, from from a uh, organizational psychology point of view, is you do it, you can't focus because it's boring. Yeah. Because you have to do it because you have to do it. And the, the question, the agile question, if you have to do it because you have to do it, automatize it.
0: <laughs> now, uh, based on your animal farm game, my question is are all agile animals equal or are some more equal than others? I love to be a seagull. I'm a seagull. Just a quote from the the book, and being playful. Um, Now, I want to try something. Uh, Before I try something, I want to share my top Agile game. My top Agile game is, I think it's tied between two. I'm a big fan of Agile Battleships. I know it was created by James Scrimshire, I believe, and I think Chris Caswell has done another variation as well. Oh, Chris. I played this Chris. You know Chris. Uh, the one I like to do is the one that gets you thinking about feedback loops and the importance of them. And I often use them in the context of retrospectives and the power of retrospectives. Obviously, they are provide you a, a short, sharp feedback loop, instant or shorter feedback that enables you to learn, adjust your approach accordingly. The other game I love is the gauntlet of technical debts, where you have people dashing about a room uh, to deliver things for a workflow. And then you gradually start introducing chairs in their path to introduce the build up of technical debt. Well, to contextualize the technical debt and eventually get so so many chairs get in the way, their work slows down drastically, they can't proceed. And then like, that's what happens in companies. They get to this point where they slow things down so much because they forget about it, they push it to the side, they don't worry about technical debt, it builds up, it slows them down. And then you start to try and encourage uh, practices where they remove tech debt incrementally. So every time they complete something in their workflow, they also remove a chair from their path. And obviously it gets these, it speeds things back up again. So I love that game as a way of uh, letting people know the chance of, of tech death. It's a good one. Now, I'd love to try and use a, a challenge. Uh, I'd love to see if we can create an agile game uh, in a time box of five minutes. Let's see what we can do, all right? We're going to try and do one on an Agile retrospective and I'm going to press a random object generator and see which three random objects it gives us and we will try and create an Agile game relating to retrospectives with those three random objects. Are you ready, Pierre? I'm ready. We have a, a cowboy hat, a toothbrush and a kitchen knife to introduce a game about retrospectives. Where is your mind going to? A cowboy hat, a toothbrush, and a kitchen knife. Toothbrush. <laughs> toothbrush and a kitchen knife. That is three random objects. Okay. So obviously we can squeeze the toothpaste out. We could draw a pattern with it as if we were creating something workflow-wise. What's the knife going to represent? The cowboy. Oh,
1: oh, you just make. You can ask. You have three pastas. three oh, three three cards. Koba high, toothbrush in the in the kitchen, whatever. And and, and this Koba is more be the American. Give me an American answer. Right? Can you do this? Ah, yes, of course.
0: Yeah. of course, I can.
1: I, I have to care about myself. I have to brush my tongue first, right? The kitchen is just doing the thing. Hey, or question number one: How was the sprint? So, oh, three question. Cowboy hat. To the cross. I, say, I say, give me the answer. Then you make a random course. and you have. or say you have a laughter. But this doesn't challenge. It gives from the crowd. The whole crowd. You will have the correct answer okay. from different angles. So we can have with these three symbols. You can have three different characters to play, and even when a character say. My cowboy will be in condition than yours,
0: right? Yeah, of course. He- my cowboy is going to have a very brash Texan accent. He'll be wearing a hat. He'll be wearing uh, boots, uh, <laughs> but also, just contextually, about a week and a half ago, I was in—I was on a bachelor party in the UK uh, for my friend Rob's bachelor party, and the, the theme was Wild West. So we were dressed as cowboys, but I did a Viking twist on it. So my vi- my cowboy had a Viking axe. Uh, so that's one that comes to mind when, when cowboys come to me. So as you said, like your cowboy might be different to my cowboy. Yeah.
1: And then you can have very. Uh, uh, so that's, that's tricks tricks on coaching. You know? What's important is not the, the input, is the outcome. Yeah. It's, uh, how you... When you work with metaphors, so you have two metaphors here. So typically, uh, with the metaphors, you can say, oh, what kind of cowboy is a cowboy? Oh, is that a that's Why is it so quiet? Oh, he loves to dance. Okay, line dancing. Oh, very well. You don't like Irish line dancing? You prefer cowboys? Oh, no. Then you follow the question and you're getting closer
0: to the answer. Mm. I guess the other lens that comes to mind with this is that you could use, I should say, the metaphors uh, to come up with questions from a retrospective standpoint. So, in the last iteration, where were we behaving like cowboys? I.e., where were we cutting corners or taking shortcuts? Uh, in the in the last iteration, where do we practice good hygiene? Where were we brushing our teeth on a daily basis? So what what were the good things we were doing? Where were we practicing good habits? And then I'm struggling to think of the one for the the knife. I'm sure I could come up with a similar prompt relating to a, a kitchen knife. Where do we cut through the things we need to cut through? Uh, where were we smoothing butter? Where were we smooth and spreading things like butter? I don't know. Just... Um, there's, there's ways you can take those objects and turn them into questions. Yeah, but no, no, you raise the question
1: and you have very different answers. That's very awesome. You can say, oh, we cut through here because, I, okay, I cut through, I didn't make all the tests. You know? yeah. uh, acceptance was too fluffy. Uh, 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 we focused too much on engineering, not enough in building value. Or maybe we didn't automatize everything. It's really this cutting. It can, uh, can be uh, a little bit cowboy-ish, but uh, you can also say uh, what what is the waste of uh, processes we are using here. Please take a knife, cut it through. Mm-hmm. What can we improve in the process? Take a knife and cut it through.
0: Yeah. I guess that comes back to, it's a a flip on what I was saying. So I I was kind of looking backward and saying, where were we using these metaphorical behaviors? But equally you could say, Mm. right, if I gave you these three objects and told you they mean these things, what would you do next? So to improve this area of focus, you had a knife. Where could we cut through things and and how could we be more cowboy and cut corners, but in a good way? How could we practice better hygiene habits?
1: Uh, I would even suggest not to explain what the rules are behind.
0: Okay, just let people go. Well, this means this to me, and you can come up with lots of ideas. And then, if you, and then because, you leverage uh, yes and principles and um, improv as well. Yeah. You get them to suggest their thoughts, and then say, choose someone else's thought and build upon it. I mean, just uh, press Because
1: for a there's one thing you have to understand. You can use what is a coaching? You're coaching a team. You're not coaching an individual. So what's smarter matter is the outcome of the team. So you can different interpretation, different angles, different variations. But in fact, you will have what are the commonalities. You will have this emerging behavior getting out from the whole team, and you can use any kind of metaphors. So what's important here from an art perspective, typically is outcome of the team. So it doesn't matter if I interpret the carbon here, the there is what is at the end the, end, uh, the outcome.
0: Awesome. Well, it's been great co-creating with you. I could genuinely after this podcast, sit down and probably turn this into a few different variations of retrospectives. So I, I love just bouncing ideas off of another creative person. It's uh, yeah, I, not,
1: not always doing the same retrospective.
0: It's good. Yeah. So it's been great to have you on the show, Pierre. Uh, before we close up, is there oh. anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with? And where should they find more information about you and your work? Buy my books,
1: buy my books uh, watch some semi presentation of me, uh, get connected with me on LinkedIn, that's enough. And then uh, I will have a couple of uh, training programs kind of uh, preparing this summer for the, the next season about, I train on agile organization, I train on how to become an agile coach.
0: Excellent. Well, we can include some of those links in the show notes. And before we close, a final plug for Play 14, which the one you're hosting is in Zurich, I believe, in September. What are the dates? Uh, Mid-September. 21st. Okay, 21st of September. I believe that is a few days after I'm in Prague, for Agile Prague. So given that I'll be close-ish, I might stop by on the way. If you want to
1: come to eat some chocolate or some fondue or some raclette, you're
0: welcome. (laughs) Is that why I should come for the raclette? Okay. And,
1: and you can uh, still bathing in the, ri- on the lake on the, on the river, yeah. Also
0: in warm enough in September. In... sure. All right.
1: Even in the winter.
0: To be fair, it was it wasn't long ago I was jumping in the frozen waters of the the, the Norwegian fjord, so I'm not a, not afraid of the cold water. All right. It's it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Pierre. Folks, don't forget to follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes as they land. And if you found the episode in the show, pay the tax by sharing it with someone else who might enjoy it. As always, don't stop believing. Thanks for being on the yeah Bye. You've just listened to another episode of the Virtually Agile podcast. Don't forget to check out www.thevirtualagilecoach.co.uk for one of the largest collections of free templates on the web on all things agile. If this show provided value, I'd love your support by following or subscribing on your platform of choice. See you folks next time.